Welcome to the Dimelo Mareru podcast show on sex, sexuality and pleasure where we explore and seek to heal the socially and culturally conditioned shame, embarrassment and guilt around sex, sexuality and pleasure so you may begin to heal and reclaim a liberated and orgasmic sexuality. Now introducing your host for the show. Hi everyone, welcome to episode one of the Dimelo Mareri podcast show on sex, sexuality and pleasure for women and men, leaders of African descent. I am your host, Dimelo Mareri. I'm a sacred leadership coach and you can find me on Facebook at Dimelo Mareri or Dimelo Mareri Coaching. And for our maiden conversation, we are joined by Dondaraichi Ndiko, who is a Johannesburg-based actor and creative consultant. Dondarai, welcome to the show. And it is so amazing to have you here and to have this first conversation with you. Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Tumelo. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be to be, uh, you know, in the maiden uh, uh, recording, and I'm, I look forward to to the engagement. Yay! <laughs> okay, so just as a as a point of departure for us to get into this conversation, maybe you could just share with our amazing listeners what it is that excites you or inspires you about this work on sex, sexuality, and pleasure and why you said yes to my invitation to do this conversation. Right, okay. Thank you, Tumi. First of all, I said yes because you asked me, and it's because it's you, and when you <laughs> ask me, I normally agree to things, you know, for my own reasons. Uh, secondly, um, the, the issue of sex and sexuality, look, I think it's, it's one of the most misunderstood um, and... And and it's yet it's so critical to who we are, you know, as as people, who we are as as men, as male, uh, female, and, and 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 different kinds of people that identify, you know, uh, um, with sort of different things. And and so for me, this is something that I've I've I, I do share whenever I get a chance, you know, with friends and stuff. But I I, I felt mm. like when when I heard that you're working on this, I thought, look, this is now a platform where. I could also share my thoughts and also learn because I don't think that anyone you know, knows everything. I, I actually feel like we're always learning. And so I was excited and I'm still excited to be, to be part of it and to share. And yeah, and I think uh, there's a lot that we need to engage and unpack, you know, and as a man, an African man, a black African man myself, mm-hmm. there's a lot that, that I think we, we deal with and that we, we bring to to the proverbial, I mean, uh, if, mm. if, if, if it was like a marital, you know, the whole, the marital bed, so to speak, but I, I know most of the sex is not even happening in marital beds, it's happening in, in other beds, you know, in other places. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, and maybe not, not even on beds as well, you know, you know, you know, depending on how adventurous people <laughs> are, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much. And... Yeah, thank you again, really, for having agreed to do this and for having seen the value in having such a conversation and also just for having done your own personal introspection and reflection and finding that there is always space 
to learn and to exchange. Um, and in our preparatory call, as we're getting ready for, for this conversation, some of what came up in our conversation was that our socialization is one without room. And if at all there is, it's very little room for conversation on sex, sexuality, and pleasure. Um, I actually think it's just, it's amazing that we're beginning to see people having such conversations in our, on our African continent and across the globe. So I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are around why it is that our socialization is one without room for conversation on sex. Uh, a great, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think the, the biggest problem to, to sex, sexuality and pleasure and, and how we come to sex actually starts with the socialization because the people that are socializing us have been socialized in the same way. So what they are teaching us is what they've been taught. Mm. And no one is interrogated whether what they've been taught is actually valuable or is it, is it things that really can help us to be able to, number one, know about ourselves and our bodies, know about what pleasure is, you know, what for myself as a man, as a black African man, what is pleasure to me, you know, and to know about what, what is pleasure to the person that I'm going to be engaging in a sexual act with, you know. And so why I say socialization is the first problem, because the socialization for me, uh, it, I don't think that it actually happens. I mean, I know from just uh, some anecdotal kind of, you know, uh, uh, things where you hear that in certain cultures, of course, uh, socialization into sex, sexuality, and pleasure is happening for, for girls and young women, right? You, you, you would hear of these things that, uh, like in my, in my culture where I come from, which is Zimbabwe, I'm Shona, um, mm -hmm. uh, those things are not there, you know, uh, but you'd hear maybe in other sort of, uh, for lack of a better word, tribes that still, in a way, have these kinds of ideas of that young girls are taken on the side and the aunties talk to them and, and they mm -hmm. teach them how to pleasure men. And mm -hmm. I feel like for me, wow. that also is, is the problem. Because mm. they are taught how to pleasure men, right? Yeah. And they are taught by aunties who themselves have been taught by their other people before them. So it's basically this thing of, I mean, there's nothing wrong with us, you know, this orange, you know, how we transmit knowledge from generation to generation. We don't write it down. I mean, this is how we've, but the problem is that there's no interrogation somewhere to mm. say, look, if this pleasuring, you know, of a man was being done, at that time, is it still the same? And also for me, the fact that that socialization focuses on men only, mm, uh, mm. that women are taught how to pleasure men. I, I'm not sure whether they are taught how to pleasure themselves or what pleasure means to them, you know, what they must demand <laughs> of us as men. I'm not sure to me. Wow. I don't know. And I, but I, I really, I don't think that it happens. I think mm. the, the gaze, sure. gaze is on men, you know, to say, you must do this to a man. You must do this, you must touch him like this. And then mm. on the other hand, to me, which is why I said socialization is, is one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest. On the side of the man, those conversations, I would tend to be corrected. I don't think that they're happening. I mean, I personally, as a black African Shona man, I have never spoken. Uh, I'm now 
39 years old, you know, and look, I, I don't recall ever speaking to an uncle about sex, you know, about about what sex wow. is and how to man because it is not there. So that silence, it meant I had to fumble my way uh, into sex, you know. I had mm. to, to and I went to, I think for me, obviously, as young boys, we, we all used to have these scope magazines, you know, where you're seeing, you know, these, and most of them were white women that you'd see in the scope magazines. And then, of course, you go to, to high school and then you begin to now have access to some VCRs, you know, and you play some tapes and you're able to see. But the problem with that, again, is that we're seeing performers of sex. <laughs> performers. Yeah. Not, that is not sex in the way that it happens. So for me, my introduction into what sex is, is from watching someone perform. Someone mm. who is man with a gigantic whatever, and there's a woman, and there's a lot of things happening there that are over the top, and you're not sure whether this is actually, you know, whether they are on something or not. And so mm. it's very heightened. And and that is that to me is how I mean I'm telling you for me in high school I watched porn and whatever and then I went to university for me my first encounter sexual encounter was in university you know and I can mm. assure you that what I was trying to do to replicate was what I'd seen in those videos and wow. that to me is problematic because I am coming and I've noted a chat with this person say oh this is how you know I've seen it you know so you know and she's coming with what she was taught by the aunties that these are you play the men and so it's a meeting of energies and it's almost like when an unstoppable uh, force meets an immovable object you know <laughs> yeah. Not, nothing survives because wow. we're not you know we're not meeting in a you know on a on a on a on the right platform or with the same knowledge you know to kind mm. of and so for me these are the things that i've had to grapple with as a black african shona man you know to say hey you know hey but some of these things really you know because you try to replicate those things to me they're unreplicable you know, it's they're difficult to yeah. replicate because the, the person will also look at you and say, look, what are you trying to do to me, you know? And you can't <laughs> tell them that I'm trying to do wow. what I saw uh, that uh, Vin Diesel doing, you know, to someone, you know? You'd be like, ah, you know, so, so, so there's a lot of this, you know, we're fumbling, man, we're fumbling and fumbling. And yeah. we take this into friendships, we take this fumbling into marriages. Sure. And so that's why I say to me, at the end of the day, socialization for me uh, is one of the biggest, and and we have to unpack that. What what does that mean yeah. for, for, for women that are being taught? What are they actually being taught? Are they being taught about their own pleasure and how what they must demand of us? In the sure. same way as men, we know it's not happening, or if it's happening, I don't know. I mean, I have not encountered it. Are we being mm. taught about number one, our how to pleasure women? You know, which is also it's, it's, a, it's a good thing, but also how to also you know a, a, a negotiate you know. That this and this and and so and then we communicate so that mm. communication to me is not happening in the bedroom it's not happening sure. i mean i've had to kind of really kind of engage myself and go through different kinds of relationships with people and try to learn and try to also be humble because sometimes you realize hey you know i i didn't know here you know so mm. for me i think we we really have to that socialization for me we we take it for granted to me that is happening but we have to unpack it yeah if it is happening what what kind of socialization is happening and, mm. and what what is the curriculum of that socialization what you know like really what is that curriculum you know because for me i mean as i'm telling you i mean i said you know you hear that women are taught how to play a man i mean i mean i mean that's only now really you can't yeah. just be how to pleasure a, a man i mean really come on what mm. about your own pleasure and i think that brings into question now these ideas of patriarch and how you know patriarch is enforced even 
by other people that are not even men, you know, that, you know, this is what to do, a man will do this and this, and then when I, when he's done, he must just say thank you, and what, I mean, come on, you know, so uh, mm -hmm. I, I think for me, maybe I can, I can, I can leave it there for now, that socialization for me is one of the biggest problems, and we have to untake it, in fact, mm -hmm. we have to create curriculum to me for socialization, we have to create, whether it's within, within, you know, you know, with young men and people like, you know, our, your, your, yourself and you know people that are confident enough to go and share and engage you know and hear what are the young people learning because mm. now they have access to more things than us i mean i have vcr they have they have cell phones they can at the touch of a button watch a video you know and you yeah. can imagine me if if that damaged me imagine what kind of damage is happening to the young people sure. so there's a lot that we really need to engage <sighs> on there wow now every time i get into <laughs> conversation about this um one it breaks my heart and then also inspires me about mm. what is possible about what we could do you know and yeah. as you're talking about the socialization i'm realizing that our socialization is one that is implicit and unintentional mm. right so mm. the observation is that the socialization is happening right but it's implicit it's not direct and it is unintentional yeah and mm. part of what has inspired this podcast just drawing from what you've just said like part of what has inspired this podcast is like the the fact of there being very little conversation between men and women in our society about how we're each getting socialized into sex sexuality and pleasure you know like what you were saying now that you would meet a woman and she has been taught what she has been taught and you two have been taught or have not been taught about how to participate in sexual activities right and you've mentioned the women and girls the young girls who get properly initiated into this in malawi right i think you said it's in malawi right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Malawi and Zambia, I mean, uh, yeah, I think yes. it's Namali or something, you know, and, and a lot of guys are curious about that. Uh, <laughs> of course. So, we, yeah, we're definitely going to need to to have a whole conversation about that, right? Because it speaks to how we're educated into sex, sexuality, mm -hmm. and pleasure. So what I was driving to was that those girls in Malawi and Zambia are quite fortunate that they get this education, right? girls like me just quite similar to your own experience nobody set mm. us down you know and said that this is how you go about it right and what i've been observing in my work with women is that the socialization does take place although implicit you know and a lot of women actually don't feel deserving of pleasure it's not something that we know we are deserving of you know and yeah feeding to just what you said there about the aunties who who teach girls how to pleasure men mm. and that very few women and i would say men as well are taught about pleasure mm. for themselves yeah yes yes mm. and Definitely. yeah mm. any thoughts on that um in fact, I mean, as you're talking to me, I mean, because this issue, as I said to you, why I, I wanted to take part, because it's, it's, look, it's close to my heart, not only 
from my own personal whatever knowledge, but it's close to my heart because I'm I am a part of society. I'm a part of you know you know uh, you know uh, and 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 I I feel like these engagements are so important. And when you're talking now, the thing that you said about women don't feel that they're deserving of pleasure, it reminded me of something that only happens here on the African continent. Something that is so ghastly to mm. me that when you hear about it you and and you hear what what it actually is i mean because the term that is used it in a way almost makes it seem as if it's a normal practice and that that to me is i i, I know you are aware of this mm. you know that uh, idea of female genital mutilation you know mm, uh, mm, wow or fgm as they call it mm. but if you look at it to me what parts of the female are they cutting you know and why are they yeah. cutting, why are they cutting that part you know what mm. are they saying in relation to what you just said now that it means then that society to me that i mean i i i i i've heard maybe some places in south africa or in other countries where but on the continent where these things are still practiced you know mm. and, and and you wonder so it shows you that those societies it's a societal thing, you know. It's actually, you know, you know, it's 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 implicit that women, uh, you know, as much as whether you believe in creation or whatever it is that you believe in, because if all of us are born with the body parts to me and certain things on our bodies, why do we think that we have enough knowledge that there are body parts that are not useful, and therefore those parts must be cut off? Mm. You know? And I'm telling you, there's, there's different arguments to me. I mean, I won't get into it because I'm not a, I'm not an expert. In, in that matter, but I thought about it that look, this is and, and maybe we are experiencing a, a, a kind of a, a light version of it, you know, in our societies you know, either whether in Zimbabwe, where I come from or here or in Botswana, maybe mm. it's not a, it doesn't get to that point, but, but those things permeate, you know where, where uh, women and, and girls and I think for me it then leads to something that I think we, I spoke about to you uh, when we had our other conversation, this idea which I think for me is how it a crime against humanity. In the same way, FGM is a crime against humanity. I mm. think something like, uh, like uh, 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 you know, faking an orgasm yes. is a crime against humanity. Not to the man, to the woman that has to do that. Yeah. That feels that they have to do that. Oh my God! I mean, yeah. Of all the things, of all the things that a person look, we can pretend to be full, right? When we don't want to eat anymore. We can do that. We can mm. get away with it, right? We can pretend to be happy about someone or something, even when we're not, right? And we can get away with it. But when a person has to pretend to enjoy a sexual encounter, mm. and they have to do that not only once, not only twice, 10, 15, one year, two years, you know, as long as that marriage, because most of it happens in marriage, you know? Wow. Where women mm. that they have to. This is the only way to keep these marriages. Uh, you know, this sure. idea of keeping marriages. I mean, I have a problem with that. I mean, but I'm not talking about it now. But for me, to me, things like that. I mean, I would hope, and I've said it to people that I I talk to that I would hope that. But I'm part of that very same society. But I would hope yes. that you know mm. the women I have come across in my life, whether when I was married and and that I've come across before or after. That a, that a person, I would hope that this is the first conversation I have with a person that I'm going to engage with in a sexual encounter. That I hope and I want to assure you that you would not have to fake, you know, if I am not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I'm not taking you there, mm. the proverbial there, 
then yeah. you you are within all your rights to say hey you are not doing it uh, wait are you saying that how? are you saying that this is a conversation you have had with the women no, you no, have no, engaged no. with mm -hmm. no 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 to me i'm saying it's a wish uh-huh yes it's a wish because to me this thing is a is a big thing i mean it's mm. a wish that i have that and something is a conversation i've had i think in other spaces with people not not when i'm when no not with the person i'm engaging with in a sexual encounter i mean mm. i mean it's but but it's a wish that perhaps that is the first thing so yes. for me to me i think for me that conversation liberates the person because because to me to me i mean who taught that person that you have to fake i mean they they didn't wake up and say i'm going to fake enjoying someone told them yes and who who told them that which is why i said to me socialization <laughs> is a problem because if the socialization to me is teaching women that they must go to the bedroom and when a man performs uh, mediocre then they clap and say oh it was amazing i mean to me i mean i mean and then that woman has to go through years and years of no i mean of bad sex you know pathetic sex and the men and the men is going around saying ah no you know i'm a stallion you know because there's men this is what we do there's no men <laughs> and i think we mentioned it in our in our earlier conversation there's no men that i'm here to meet to me that will say in public that hey guys i think even though we always see the adverts for men's men's health international men's clinic you know they advertise mm. and say hey man you must come and talk i'm sure they get business but i still feel like they would get more business if men felt liberated, liberated enough to say, uh, uh, not that the problem is men. I think, in fact, I think women are probably suffering from this more than us. Because mm. as men, I mean, we've got this facade of that we're stallions and that we're 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 in bed, you know, where we we go for rounds and rounds. And and as men, and I, I mentioned this to you, we lie about sex. And I'm telling you, if there's a guy that wants to challenge me on this, wow. we, we lie about sex. I've also mm. lied about sex. We wow. lie about having it. We lie about having it. We lie about our first encounter. We lie particularly about how it went. We lie about how many rounds we did. We lie about you know the performance, you know. So Ooh. it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a concussion of lies. Sure. And for me, to me, this thing we cannot as a society, mm, as, no, we can't. As, as men, myself, we cannot sit here. And this is why, to me, what you're doing is so important. We mm. cannot guys continue. I mean, sex is is an integral part. It's not the only part, but it's one of the parts of the, how and and, and 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 we cannot continue you know if we're not having these kinds of conversations to say look guys you know you are never too old to learn new tricks uh, to learn yeah. new things and, and what i mean to me i am for me i remember a few years ago i i because i think the thing with me is i've always been adventurous you know i i i, <laughs> I went to the sixth four you know I've, i went to the sixth four it used to happen annually here in johannesburg it's not happening anymore but i remember to me it was because I think I was in Bloomfield, I can't remember, but I went to the sex for, and to me, I was probably one of a few black people, men, who were in the queue to wow. get into the sex for. Because, because the sex for, basically to me, it's a, it's a, it's a sex uh, expo, right? Mm. And there are different kinds of products, you know, they are sharing different products, whether it's, uh, it's uh, companies that, uh, that manufacture, uh, you, know, you know, female products like dildos and things like that, whether companies that manufacture you know different kinds of you know things that people can use you know interesting so, yeah for me going to that place to me was liberating it was it was to say look i'm going to go look i'm going to see something i'm going to learn something but i didn't see a lot of us black 
African men in the queue. And I can assure you that if I told my friends that let's go to the sex for, they were mm. going to tell me that, ah, dude, why would you go there? Don't you know already how to play your woman? You know, because we, so these are the things that we're telling ourselves. And for mm. me, those things are automatic. So there's a lot that, that we have to unpack. And that's why I'm also passionate about it because I feel like, look, we have to talk about these things. Even if it means I'm sharing and some things may be embarrassing because this is the thing. Yeah. What, what you're saying about embarrassing, we can't talk about it. We can talk about it in, in close, you know, mm. men, you know, we shut one up, you know. I mean, it, it, but we have to talk about them. And platforms like this are important, you know, to talk about it and for people to come and say, look, you know, these are the issues and whatever. And then we learn and learn because the sex, we, we have to continue learning because what we know about it for me, what I've learned in my own life is that we know very little actually because when you meet people that are more advanced or more, uh, uh, more sort of liberated and, you know, I mean, they will show you things that you, you know, that you, you didn't know existed, you know, yeah. and you'll be like, wow, you know, you know, mm. so <laughs> the thing is the most beautiful thing, but the beauty is taken out of it because of how we come to it and how we that's don't so talk true. about it mm. and, and whatever. And, and that, that's why in the end, it becomes this ugly thing that we hide. And even in our, when you watch our soapies and TV programs, you know, there's an outcry, you know, whenever a couple, you know, acts as if they're getting, and people go, no, 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 we can't. We yes, can't see that, and the know? kids should also no. cover their yeah. eyes and exactly. we change the channel exactly. very you know? quickly. Yeah. And it becomes like a very uncomfortable moment, you know, because we have never had this conversation. You know, it's still this big pink oh. elephant in the room. I'm yeah. telling you, you know, I don't know, and I've shared this with some of my other friends. You know, when I was watching TV uh, many years ago with my parents, and we'd watch TV and we'd be watching, let's say, uh, something, uh, you know, you know, a, a video, you know, uh, and and you know how when you watch TV, you're watching with your parents, right? Mm. And to me, no one told me to do this, and I, I'm I'm saying this because I it's something I've reflected upon that no one told me that. Uh, when this happens, this is what you do. Yes. I'll, do mm. I'll tell you exactly what happens. I'll be watching something with my parents, and to me, you can see normally when you're watching a, a TV program that, hey, this this couple here, you know, things are getting a bit heated. You know, you can yeah. kind of see when people get closer and the music go, you know, and the lights go down, and you can see clothes coming off. And to me, I would fast forward. Mm. I would have the remote in my hand, maybe because I was the firstborn. I would have the remote in my hand. Okay, let's say because I was the firstborn, but to me. Who told me mm. that I must fast forward? My, yeah. my mother never told me that I must fast forward. My mother never told me that I must fast forward. But to me, I would fast forward that part, right? Mm. Like, and then, and then, and then it's morning. And then yeah. you continue watching. You know, and, 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 and wow. to me, when I reflect now, I'm like, why was I doing that? Mm. Because someone, you know, no one told me to do it, but I was doing it. Mm. You know, that I would fast forward and then we... We keep watching and as if it's normal, you know? Yeah. And then we keep watching and then the film ends. And so this is these silences. We've created these silences and these these conspiracies of silence and, and, and these are the things that I reflect upon today. Yeah. As a, as a, as a black African men say, no one told me. My my father never sat me down to say, Tony, you must fast forward whenever there is a sex scene. He never mm. did that, but I would do it and he never complained when I did it. My mother never <laughs> complained when I did it. Yeah. My siblings never complained when I did it, and it was a normal thing. And mm. for me, that to me is part of the problem that we're dealing with, and that we have to continuously confront uh, personally in our own 
a sexual, you know, our, in our own lives and how we, we you know, and continue to challenge ourselves, you know, on what we know or what we think we know. Because there's a lot that we think we know, but mm. we don't. And also that we don't talk about. Like, we, we don't talk about what we think we know so that we may begin to identify our gaps of not knowing or of misinformation. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah. I, I find it very interesting that you mentioned the, what happened with your dad and you fast forwarding with the remote, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. I believe it's part of the implicit and like the indirect teaching and socialization and part of it. Yeah. So I believe that part of it like part of our socialization happens via watching our parents or watching our primary caretakers and our guardians, right? So like for, for a lot of men and women, like there is this huge shame around our bodies, around touching our bodies, around Mm. self-pleasure as well. But Mm. you'd find that, you'd find that nobody has like, explicitly told us that you shouldn't do this right most of it we learn it by watching the discomforts of our parents like we as we see them being uncomfortable around certain Mm. topics as we we experience them not speaking about sex not talking about it as Mm. at all the message that we learn is that we don't talk about this thing in this house and therefore in our society right and And you, you know, like as, as human beings, like we're also like spiritual beings and we're quite intuitive. We can read people's energies. Right. So I believe that Mm. part of the socialization, it happens quite energetically as well. Like you can sense Mm. when your parent is being uncomfortable or uneasy around a certain topic. And we therefore then inherit that dis-ease and discomfort, you know, Mm. um, Yo, there's a lot, Tenderai. There is. And I find that every time we get into conversation, you and I, I mean, I, I already had themes that I had prepared for our series of conversations and already more is coming, right? So mm. may I, at this point, ask you like direct targeted questions um, regarding what you just shared, because you've just shared quite a lot, which is so amazing. And I was like, Oh my God, what do I ask him now? Right. (laughs) Um, and part of what you, you touched on is the experience of women faking orgasms. Right. And as you were talking, I was like, but Hey, actually there's a woman in this room who can actually share what happens. Mm. So I would love Mm. to share um exactly what's or or at least what i have experienced in my own personal journey and in my work with Mm. women around this faking of orgasms yeah so what has been coming up as i'm doing this work with women is that actually both as both women and men we hold particular beliefs around sex sexuality and pleasure And some of these come from our own upbringing and some of them are inherited from our generational lines. Yeah. And one predominant belief for women specifically is around pleasure for the woman body. And as you were saying earlier that some girls, some women get socialized, get taught how to pleasure a man. Right. 
And just the mere absence of a conversation on how to pleasure the woman body creates an idea, like a deeply seated idea, believe that pleasure is not for the woman. Yeah. And mm -hmm. some of the teachings that also happen on, in our society, like the, the, the various sayings in our different communities and societies, in my own society and something that I've experienced in South Africa as well, and it's probably like just across the world, is that a woman's body is difficult to pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also the idea that, and you actually mentioned it, like the idea that it's a very patriarchal idea that a woman should aspire to keep a man, right? And mm -hmm. another layer on that is that you could possibly keep him by, by pleasuring him and also making him believe that he is pleasuring you like it's so twisted oh, but but yeah. actually no no class no lecture no master class no let's sit down my daughter happens about this like it's a very mm. like sneaky type of teaching that happens in our society that then Dumi finds herself she's 25 years old she's having sex with a gorgeous man and somehow she has not gotten her orgasm and she ends up faking mm. it because of this very multi-layered socialization, oh. you know, that says you're not deserving of pleasure. If you want to keep him, pleasure him. A woman's body is difficult to pleasure. You, you're not even allowed to explore your body to figure out what might pleasure you, you know? So what mm. I've been finding is that it is so multi-layered. And this was actually one of the first conversations that lent, that got me saying yes to doing this work. I was asking women, do you sometimes fake an orgasm? And yo, it was so multi-layered that we needed like a three-day masterclass just to unpack it all, you know? So mm -hmm. part of what really excites me about this podcast is the opportunity to have a man and a woman like this sitting in one room and exchanging, mm. sharing what we have been taught about this thing. Because the conversation is not happening between men and women generally in our society. And what I've been seeing is that the conversation is also not happening in intimate relationships. Like where you would think that the conversation would happen and where transformation mm. might take place in intimate mm. relationships where maybe there's trust and safe space, those conversations are not happening. They're actually possibly the last place where they will happen. And that, it yeah. just breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is to me, those, convers those conversations, they, not that they're not happening, they can't happen. Because to me, sure. if it's not happening in society, in the mm. wider, in our families, it cannot happen. It can. I mean, we cannot do something that we've not been. You know, not that we can't. But I'm saying that we are, we bring on so much of it. I mean, if I've not, wow. as as, as mm. we're talking about, if as a man, as a young man, I've not been uh, uh, told and taught and all, and been curious and all those things. And and you also, as a young woman, you have not. And then you know, so we are we are just coming into this thing. We stumble into it, and then we try to figure it out, and then we just pretend along. And, and, and I mean, it's, I just feel like it's tragic because at the end of the day, in fact, this idea that you, you put on the table or around uh, women's bodies being difficult to pleasure. I mean, mm. uh, uh, 
it's such a toxic idea because what it does, it means as a man, I don't even have to try. Yes. Because sure. it's difficult. You see, I don't have to try to pleasure you because it's difficult. So I'll simply, if, if I get pleasured uh, and you by chance get pleasured too, then oh, good for you. If you don't, then oh, well, wow. uh, tough luck, you know, you know, you know, that kind of colorsness. Sure. Uh, not, not that it's sage, but mm, it's active, sure. you know. And, 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 and for me, I think these are the things to do that you realize that, look, um, and as, I mean, as I've read about sex and watched this and read this, and you begin to realize that, look, and also, you know, different women are pleasured by different things. Mm. So as a, as a man, I can assure you that when, we, when I was watching porn and all that, as I said, I was trying to mimic what I'd watched. Mm. So you see a man uh, kissing a woman's neck and ear, then you're like, ah, some women <laughs> don't want that, you know? Some women and some men like having a wet tongue in your ear. Some of yeah, some women don't want that. (laughs) Exactly, you know, because this is not something that you know. Of course, we probably like it's not universal. Yes, it's not universal, but we we apply to me. We apply whatever is in our toolkit to just every woman that we meet. So whether Mm. it's a that I've had and then it's sexual, it's a marriage. We apply. We don't have the different. In fact, in fact, the way that we apply that is actually, you know, we apply the same knowledge. It's, ah, no. And then we, so, and I still go back to, the, to this idea that we fumble along. Wow. And I want to bring in another, maybe it can even be a bit contradictory to what I'm saying that, mm. I mean, I know a few of my friends, I'm probably one of the few unmarried, you know, of my friends, you know, maybe most of them are married and, you know, and the most unhappiest people I know are married people sure. because I know that the kind of shit that they are having, and they will tell you that, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I need to get a uh, side chick, whatever, because there's things that I need that my wife cannot give me, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife, you know, she can't give me a blowjob. Be like, why not? And do you know what, what the person will say to me? Mm-mm. You say, because she's my wife. Wow. You say, because she's my wife. You, you see, they're not, they're not giving it because she's my wife. Yeah, uh, sure. So I must get, I must get blowjobs and what, what else, you know. So, Dude. I mean, so even that that compartmentalization yes. of sexual experience say this is this is the sex for home then when i'm outside so which is why to me there's always this problem that as men when we get married we want to marry and tick the box and then yes. continue being bachelors that's and why i i, 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 need, like a, a, I need to ask so exactly yes. what is happening there because this did come up in a preparatory call right why is it that there seems to be this invisible line between just a relationship between a man and a woman and married and mm. now when they're a married couple? In your view, why is it that there is a shift when people get married? <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I'm laughing because, because <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a critical and controversial question. Uh, it goes back to even what you said about women aspiring for marriage. I, I, don't, I don't know of any men that aspire for marriage. Yeah, be, being I mean, taught. That, you know, yeah. yeah, so as yeah. girls, we yeah. are taught to aspire for marriage. And to and it's yes. not even like, it's not an explicit teaching, by the way, right? Yes. So yes. we just, we grow up aspiring to see that ring on, I don't know what the, on the ring finger. Oh my God, yes. you're yes. sure. Yes. Yes. yes, go on. Yeah. And, so, and, so, and so, and so to me, and, and it's weird because, and, and I like how you bring this thing of, 
we're not taught explicitly, you know. And mm. for men to me, I believe it is the same thing that so when a man meets you, if I meet you today, to me and I meet you and and we go to River Walk and you're wearing, I mean I know River Walk, I know Bobos, you know, we go to Oh River yes. Walk and, 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 and and to me you're you're wearing your shorts and you know whatever, whatever, right? Mm. And then we start dating and stuff. So I won't I won't start to dictate to you what you what you must wear. In fact, you start to, to dictate to yourself. True. I'll simply read True. right? Yes. So when we marry then then you say, ah, no, I must not dress up like a married woman, you know. And then I also start to say, yeah, but you're not my wife, you know. And, you know, you must dress with dignity. And all those things to me, they spill over into the bedroom. Because the That's kind of sex, if we're having maybe, I don't know whether people, you know, I'm not sure. But I almost feel like people change the kind of sex. I think it's like a mental thing, you know. That mm. Out of respect for my wife. I you know what, my... You know what my observation has been, right? Like, I I love that you, like what you just said there, that like it's something that seems to happen unconsciously, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like a wheel that we don't have control of. Like all of a sudden I, as a girl, and I've seen myself do this, right? Um, When, when, when there's a possibility of being somebody's girlfriend, right? there's a shift and I've watched it so closely and like a shift in behavior and just how I interact with this person. And recently I have noticed like the patriarchal seats that would almost mandate for there to be a shift if I were to get married. Right. And Mm -hmm. this, these seats from, from what's coming up in the work and what I've been observing is part of it it's these beliefs like it's these deeply entrenched beliefs that are sitting within our subconscious about what it means to be a man or a woman in our society right like just unwritten Mm. agreements like just deeply seated beliefs that Mm. we're holding deep within ourselves about what i think Mm. it means to be a girlfriend and what you think it means to be a husband and that have been getting planted over decades from when we were really, really, really small, you know? Oh. Yeah. And so for me, like the intention actually with this work, part of it is to heal these beliefs, is just to go to the root, to the core of it and unplug it so that we may start to engage from the truth of who we are, you know? Um, but please, like you were saying, oh, like what, what's coming up for you? <laughs> as I was sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, I, I mean, as, as you were saying, I mean, I, I wanted to add because you were saying what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a boyfriend and what it means to be a girlfriend. Mm. But I think the most toxic of that is what it means to be a married woman and what it means to be oh, a married man. Dude, me, that, oh my that is God. heavy. It that is heavy. Because it is. Day, you're mm. now a married woman, you know? And even you yourself, to me, you say, I'm now a married woman. Mm. Uh, I must, I must uh, hold myself with, you know, and, you know, there's things like, you know, and so, I mean, it's heavy and it's things that we, 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 we can't do it because they're not written down in a book. It's mm. things that, that are, you know, you're saying layers and layers. And, and so we bring these things to the bedrooms and what happens. And, and I mean, it's just, for me, it's just, I mean, you realize that, hey, 
you know, there's a lot. But at the end of the day, we, we have to start somewhere. And, sure. and, and for me, when, when you say that you want to plug uh, uh, the source of the problem, mm. for unplug, me, the source of the yeah. problem is, uh, uh, and unplug, sorry, mm. uh, but it can also be plugged as well because if it's leaking, oh, yes. then you plug it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think for me, for me, a part of it to me is if we, if we are still taught uh, in uh, whether it's, I think it's biology, when you start learning about sexual organs, you know, to me, the way that we learn about sexual organs they, they, is, is desexualized organs. In fact, that's how yeah, we learn about them. Sure. Desexualized, right? Mm, so our wow. education is because if you look at the, all the all the subjects we do in primary and in secondary biology, you know, do you know what what would interest us about biology? Because we would see diagrams and we would see these figurines of uh, uh, the woman's reproductive organ, and we know the valve, you know, and to me, mm. so, and they completely desexualized. And mm. I'm not saying that we must sexualize them. I'm saying that there's a gap there, because that is also a learning, uh, you know, to say, you know, and, and, and I don't know whether these, that subject even exists, that can teach us about that, that can, where young people can, can begin to talk and learn. Mm. And, you know, openly, openly and honestly, you know, openly, yeah. Openly, and, and also not be shy, because a part of it to me, you know that the one thing that I know in high school that I used to be terrified of is when the when you're in class and you're with a teacher that you like and this this used to be my English teacher yeah. and she would she, she was she was beautiful man you know and she she probably <laughs> asked you to stand up you know and you stand up and you have a hat on you know yeah. and you have ah, and people see that this man and you stand up and you're trying to you know because because you're like no you're not supposed to you know uh, you know you you almost feel embarrassed for your yeah. Why are you disappointing me? And but this, these are the things to me. I mean, it's normal, you know, to me. It's I a very natural reaction yes. I mean, of the body. Yes, mm. yes. but but we're taught to be it's not natural. It, it means, you know, and, and so we're embarrassed. You should be ashamed, and, you should be embarrassed, hide it. Why should we hide something so pleasurable? Because for you to be having a hard on, you were experiencing yeah. something so orgasmic and so beautiful right <laughs> oh and so what does this mean for us as a society if we can't embrace pleasure and orgasmic vibes like oh my god but to me on top of that the names that we call this body part mm, again, yes we desexualize them mm. your pp your whatever you know, your nana. And, you know and, i mean you know and and so and it's this baby kind of like this very fragile you know i mean and i'm not saying that we must but i'm saying on the one hand we can't call them i mean we should call them vagina and and, and whatever if for the for biology purposes but we must we must call them by their names mm. you know by their by their by their by the names that you know and not these because i don't know to me when when we graduate to calling them what they really are if we ever do we never graduate we never graduate because in like in matters of sex, sexuality and pleasure, what I'm seeing is that we are forever children, right? So when you were oh. a child, you were taught that like sex is for old people. Yeah. And so yes. if like it's for adults. And so if, even when you reach the adult years, so you're yes. still believing that sex is for other people other than me. So the message that yes. sex is for adults sends to a child is that, sex is for everyone else other than me such that even when you're mm. 40 years old you're still wanting yeah. to hide the sex to not talk about it 
because mama and papa said it's for everyone else other than me so yeah but mm. to me, again you see you see where the gap is mm. there's nothing wrong with parents teaching their children about you know look uh, i mean we all know there's a lot going on in the world uh, you know teaching children in a language that they understand but mm. those very same parents to me they don't come back yes at the crucial moment, say now, you know, when you are uh, 16 or 17 or 18, say now, you know what, this is what's going on now. This yeah. thing, you know, uh, when you do this and when you do that, you know, this is what's going to happen if you find yourself in this situation. This is what you must do, you know, you know, mm. so that we, you know, we're not shy and 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 we're equipped, you know. It's and so I'm painful. To me, yeah, I, I've never had this conversation with anyone, I've never wow. had this conversation with. You know, because you you figure it out yourself, and then and then when sure. when we talk about peer pressure, to me peer pressure and and because this peer to peer knowledge, and to me, for me that's also another because the peer that you're asking knows nothing. Mm. You know, the next peer knows nothing. So if I come to you and I say, actually, uh, if you do this, <laughs> if you if you wash your your thing with jig, you know, whatever, then this happens, wow. and then all of us we go wash with jig. You know, because yeah. no one is telling us. So and because there's there's no conversation happening in the home, then this yeah. child has really, like, because there's no real and open and honest conversation happening in the home, the child then ends yeah. up needing to access info unreliable information from outside Absolutely. the home. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. But for me, I, I still emphasize this point that the same parents that mm. teach you that this thing is a PP and it's whatever. They must, they must know that the lesson is not done. Yeah, they are upgrading their responsibility because sure. they must now come and say, "Look, it is no longer a PP. Now this thing, if you do this, you know, mm. uh, this is what happens, you know. And and you know, if if you if you're going to be with a girl, you know, this you're gonna feel this, you're gonna feel that. But you know, this is what what happens. You you don't need to have sex with her if you're going to do it. Use a condom, you know, because this sure. is the thing. This thing you know happening. what? But this thing, yeah, go ahead. You know what, my. Like one of my, my biggest frustrations around this, like just in my own socialization and around how like our guardians will say one thing when you're, you're young and never come back. Yeah. So mm. at the point of our first menstrual experience, we get yeah. all sorts of lectures, right? Oh. <laughs> and for a lot of girls, part of the teaching might be that, you know, now that you have gotten your first bleed, if you play with a boy, you're going to fall pregnant, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. so that menstruation gets equated to pregnancy and yeah. that gets equated to shame, right? That yeah. if you were to fall pregnant as a girl, that is such a shameful thing. You would have embarrassed our mm. family, right? And so for mm. a number of years, you navigate through your life believing that pregnancy right mm. now would be such a shameful thing right? And I would be mm. such a bad girl for this, yeah? And you're probably 14, 15 at this time, and fast forward to when a girl is now 25 years old, right? Parents start asking, so when are you giving us a child? When are you getting married, mm. right? Mind you, they've never come back to you to say, it's now okay to have sex, right? And now all of a sudden, they want you to have the baby, therefore saying you should have sex, the sex that they said you shouldn't have. And yeah, like 
that's been like one of my biggest frustrations. I'm like, please don't ask me when I'm having a baby or when I'm getting married because yeah, you said it was a no-go area, you know? And yeah. I completely agree with you. And we're going to be having parents tuning in, right? And listening. So this is an invitation, like in us sharing our frustrations and experiences, this is an invitation to all of our society to write our ways, to self like to, to interrogate our socialization, as you were saying earlier, and to look at what's working and what's not working. And quite mm -hmm. evidently, this thing with parents never coming back to say, now it's okay now. Now this is how you do it. It's not working. So this is an invitation for us as guardians, as parents, to complete the loop mm -hmm. of... Up, up, up yeah, in educating our kids about sex, sexuality, menstruation, all of that jab. Yeah? No, absolutely. To, wow. to complete the loop, yes, but to complete the loop, but also understand that we don't know it all. Because like I said, we're being, we're, we're being socialized to me by the very same parents that we've never mm. seen. Intimacy, Intimacy is, 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 is something that we've never seen. Yeah. I mean, I saw my parents kiss for the first time at their wedding, which they did, their, their white wedding, much later after we were all born. And, and even then, you know, it felt weird, you know? Yeah. Because intimacy is not something that they were showing us, you know? I mean, I, and, 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 so, and so they must also, these, our, our parents will respect them, but they also have to, to, to understand that, look, there will be other things. And so they must trust other, you know, sources as well. They must trust their children to go into spaces to learn, you know? Things like uh, I know there's different programs and clubs here in South Africa, for example, you know, where people, young people, are talking about these things, and parents must encourage their children to go because they, you know, so because their, their knowledge is not complete. They are mm. a product of the very same socialization. To me, mm. so their knowledge is not complete because they, they too need an education. Yes, they are a product of an incomplete socialization. I mean, when you're speaking now about mm. uh, about uh, menstruation for example i mean i felt i felt a pang of a pang of um, of guilt because to me you know in high school as young as as boys we would laugh at girls that 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 to menstruate and you know why and i'm not trying to i want i don't want to defend myself and say because i didn't know but you realize that you know what because because no one you know no one actually tells you that oh what's happening to her is a natural thing that oh you know she's not and therefore you you must actually you know, uh, you must not ridicule her. You must not laugh at her. You know, you know, mm. and 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 and, look at it and you realize that wow, you know, because even as boys, you know, because I mean, because the same boys to me that then can't deal with a girlfriend menstruating. Mm. By the way, why this is why this is why I'm getting to this to me that menstruation is not a women's issue. It's mm. also a men's issue because what happens to me is if you and I are in a relationship and you're menstruating today, I can't handle that. I feel yeah. like your it's an inconvenience. An, it's an inconvenience <laughs> to what I want to do to you. And sometimes some men, some men will even say, eh, I want to see whether you are doing it because there's some idea that you no, know, a woman will lie about it because she doesn't want to have sex. But on top of that, to me, on top of that layer, I, and I'm not going to accuse any woman of doing this. I, I, I mean, you can speak about this, mm. that it can also be a convenient thing to use to not engage. Mm. You know, you know, in, 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 and so for me, these things are not necessary. You know, yeah. we have to unpack and learn. Young, young boys must know that. Oh yeah, you know. Oh no, um, you know, it, it looks like if I see that you've missed your dress in class, 
I must tell you, oh, and so in and and there's a supportive environment, and you know, in in school there's there's pads there, and 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 we and we and we all just you know we don't make it an issue. Yeah. Like, oh no, and you see, because to me, I can assure you, as young boys in high school, when we saw a girl menstruating, we thought she was having sex. That's wow. that's what we thought. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm telling you, to me, and if she's you, having like, sex, this is a shameful. Yeah. Exactly, if yeah. she's having sex, she's yeah. naughty. Let's shame yeah. her, right? That's what that's what we thought. I mean, that's what we 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 we, we don't not maybe taught, but that's what we knew and taught ourselves that mm. ah, if the girl is uh, bleeding, then it means she's been naughty. And 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 then later on, years later, you realize that oh my god, you know how mistaken I was. And mm. and so for me, as a as a black African man, I've had to to unlearn these things about menstruation. I've had to, you know, did I, I can't remember the first time I went to buy a pad. You know, I mean, I've done it a few times and, and I'm not trying to appear as a very modern whatever. All I'm saying <laughs> is buying pads must be the same as buying sweets, must be the same as buying cigarettes. If your girlfriend or your wife wants, you know, you are at the supermarket, why must you drive all the way back, pick her, put her in the car, drive all the way back so she can buy the pads? I mean, why can't you buy them? You know, I mean, why, why is it, she, if I can buy condoms, to me, even though the condoms sometimes I'm also ashamed of them sometimes. I mean, yeah. so the shame, the shame is on condoms. Is... I was talking about this issue of, of, of that as men, as black African men, you know, and that we, from high school we learn the shame of it and then we can't buy, uh, you know, our daughters and our wives and girlfriends, you know, we, we don't feel confident to go and buy and pick, you know, a brand or ask someone and tell us, oh, you know, is this the one, is this the right one or wrong one? No, we feel ashamed. Why must we feel ashamed? Because yeah. the very same body organ that is now, uh, you know, you know, going through what it goes through every month is the very same body organ that you that you find pleasure in, you know. So, but we so it's this compartmentalization of no, but now no, it's uh, you know this, but now no, it's this, and this is a part of the problem, you know. And I was saying, a friend of mine, a writer, wrote this afternoon that people in macro were looking at him funny because he bought pairs, I think, for his daughter and his wife, and mm. people were looking at him funny, and and and, and, and this is in 2020, you know, mm. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and so some of the things that, that you know but so there's quite a lot but we have to start some and we've got to begin to talk and talk and talk and talk yes. and people listen and ourselves <laughs> we have to learn yeah. we learn and unlearn you know i love this yeah i absolutely absolutely love this the point about we needing to start somewhere and this conversation and what will become a series of conversations you know possibly mm. being a start, a beginning for us to just exercise our jaws and mm. just talk, like allow words to flow through about what's happening yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, quite a lot has come up in, in our conversation and yeah, I'm finding that we will, we will definitely need a part two and a part three and possibly a fourth conversation as well <laughs> because okay. yeah there there is there's quite a lot to unpack i see this conversation as possibly having just been like an introductory conversation to what will become a series of conversations between Thunderai and Dumela. um i hope you're open to that 
Uh, of course, you didn't discuss this with me before, but uh, I, mean, I, I can't necessarily <laughs> on, on live on live uh, uh, radio I, or, or, or podcast. I can't really dispute. No, I'm I'm open to it. To me, I mean, as I said, I mean, I I'm available to to to, to really engage on this and to share whatever and to learn, to unlearn, to relearn because we don't have this. We don't. And I think what 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 I'm finding valuable is that to me, it's a conversation between you and I, which is a conversation that that must happen. Uh, regardless but if these conversations don't happen even mm. when we do meet people and they don't happen we assume that uh, you know I, mm. I, I mean i just assume that uh, to me i mean when you get in there i look at you like hey, you know you know you know that look to me that i look at you like so you know what's gonna happen and then like yeah i know what's gonna happen <laughs> and then we and then we, we just assume that hey we all know and yeah. you know but at the end of the day there has to be that conversation man there's a lot that so, so I'm, I'm 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 geared for it i'm looking forward to to the to the next next ones you know and, and, mm. and to to hear what other people think uh, I mean, I still say, look, disclaimer, I, I'm not uh, the be and it all. I don't, I'm yeah. simply sharing what I've gone through, what I've learned, and as honest as I can be, because I think that's the thing. If we yeah. we're going to do this, then, and we're not going to be honest, then it's not going to work. And that's we what to be we honest. need, you know? That's yeah. what we need. Yeah. Like, we, 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 we need more people sharing honestly from exactly where they're at, right? And also yeah. them not needing to be perceived or questioned around whether they're experts, you know, like your experience yeah, yeah. is valid. Your experience is enough. And yeah. yeah, we, we have, yeah. Well, I wish, <laughs> I wish we could go further, but the agreement was that we would, yeah. we would do a one hour conversation, you know, to ensure yes, that yes, it is yes. chewable, to ensure that yes. when you come to these episodes, it's something that you can get through an hour and derive value from it, right? And so yes. this is going to be the end of our conversation today. But as we have just shared, Tendarai and I are going to be doing two or three more conversations. And we invite you to share your comments on the website on the side page of the podcast you can also email me um on my website at dimelomarejo.com to share any questions to share any thoughts that you might have right and i, I also wanted to ask you Dandarai, whether yeah you are open to the people reaching yes, out to yes. you should yeah absolutely Mm. Yeah, you can share my details as well. I mean, uh, I, I, maybe should I share them or will you share them? I mean, I'm open to 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 those engagements. I mean, we we have to be open. We can't. I can't come and speak and then say no questions. <laughs> I have to be open. Yes. To questions and mm. to learn and to learn and relearn. You know, so I'm very open and you can share them. Uh, my my uh, uh, details as well. Okay. No, definitely I will. So I will share Tonderai's email address and also where you may find him on Facebook when I when I send an email about this podcast. So yeah, if this is of value to you and you want to hear more as well, go to my website, timelomarejo.com and join my mailing list. I will be sending an email with this podcast and also sharing Tonderai's contact details in case you would like to continue this conversation with him or possibly share your own thoughts and experiences, you know? We're really needing to have more conversation about this if we are to transcend the shame, embarrassment, and guilt 
that we're currently widely experiencing um, as, yeah, as a society. So, Tundarai, are there any last words from your end before, before <laughs> no, we think, end I the conversation? I think, I think I've said all I can say. I don't think that this matter can ever be concluded, but look, I'm just happy to be part of it and share uh, uh, you know, my thoughts and ideas, and I'm looking forward to, to sharing even more. Mm, yeah, and thank you so much, hey, for, for having made the time. I think we would have probably needed five or 10 hours to get through everything, and hence I have <laughs> proposed that we do a series. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure and joy, intellectual joy and pleasure, and in so many other ways as well. I'm excited for what will, will become of this conversation series. Thank you. Thanks a lot to me. Yeah. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Bye. Thank you for joining the Timelo Marero podcast show. Please share this episode with your family, your friends, and even strangers. And if you find this valuable, please subscribe to our Podbean station. And better yet, subscribe to our mailing list at timelomarere.com. Again, timelomarere.com and receive a complimentary guide on reclaiming your erotic sexuality. See you again next week.